Welcome gamers, this week's episode of Last Call Gaming, we're on episode number 186. Today is February 8th. My name is Craig Prowse and joining me, as always, Mandrew Montemayor. How you doing, my man? Oh, could be better. I don't want to get into that story, but uh, we're hanging in there. We are hanging in there. So, um, yeah, because I was kind of wondering if you were going to say anything about it. But other than that, Hell no. uh, at least coming in, though, because I'm glad we didn't... I mean, you guys know, see our topics, but I I was kind of nervous that we were going to do more Final Fantasy VII, um, the deep dive that it did. Luckily, we have some stuff we can talk about where we don't, because I didn't want to see much more, but I didn't know that there was a new trailer, and we just watched that. Dude, the trailer looks looks bitchin', man. I, I mean, it's weird that this game's coming out so early. Like, I, I hope that doesn't cost it anything. And I mean, it didn't hurt Elden Ring coming out that early. No, but, uh, no. I think what's uh, cool about it, too, is I'm still, and maybe this will lead in part of the other conversation, I'm still holding on hope that Final Fantasy VII will come to Xbox. So I literally don't know. I've seen some stuff from the first one. I don't know how it ends. I don't know the big twists, the big changes, or anything like that. Then watching this trailer too, it didn't ruin anything for me. No. I'm just like, okay, this could have been this could have been in the first game if you showed me this, and I would have believed it. So yeah, it either way, good. it's definitely well done. Yeah, because I already, um, I I do. Me and Andrew share Xbox, but I share PlayStation with CN, and we already got it all nice and pre-ordered and downloaded and, uh, and ready to go. So that is coming soon. So guys, if you are joining us on the YouTube show today. Uh, Make sure you hit like, comment, subscribe, share, and ring the notification bell if you can. If you guys are interested in following us on our social media, our Linktree link is in the description. That can take you to all the social medias. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, check us out on your audio podcast platform of choice. So, like always, guys, before we dive into our main topics, we'd like to do what are you up to? And Andrew and I take a quick second to talk about anything we've recently been playing, uh, watching, or you know, trips, anything like that. So... Andrew, why don't you go ahead and tee off while I make sure all this is ready to go. Uh, as far as playing anything, I'm still playing through um, Infinite Wealth, uh, Like a Dragon. I was doing a lot of the side stuff, but now I'm just like, ah, oh, you know what, I just want to beat this story. And then maybe I will go back and like kind of do some of the number crunching and be like, is it worth it for me, my time, to get some of these other achievements as much as I'm loving this game? Because I'm just like, ah, oh, it is so long. So I'm on Chapter 10 out of, I think, 14 right now. And either way, I'm I'm still loving this game. It's so good. I'm having so much fun with it. Excellent. And then uh, as far as watching anything, I did watch the new, uh, well, I mean, it's not new now, but the newest um, Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So that was like a prequel. It's like set 74 years before the first one. And it's like about Snow when he's younger and kind of his rise to power and stuff. And I actually really liked it a lot. I've always, I actually really like the Hunger Games movie. I kind of like maybe the first two a little more than uh, like the third, or I think the third one was split into two pieces. Yeah, but that's more because I like the the like arena fighting and stuff like that. That's always a cool concept. I understand that that's not the main draw to this, but it's also the same reason I love Spartacus. And I love when they focus more on the arena and the people fighting than the actual revolution. Yeah. So this is kind of getting back to the, the games and stuff like that with the political backstabbing and this and that. So I really enjoyed it. What did you watch it on? Um, I have it on Voodoo. Oh, dude, yeah, this Voodoo account seems like it has all of the good. Did you ever read the books or just the movies? No, I've only read the movies. Okay, or yeah. read the movies, watched the movies. Because <laughs> I know, I think this, I think that one, I think they made a book for it as well. Because I read the books. There is. I didn't so, know there was okay, a book. Yeah. I thought it was just a movie coming out that, like, okay, we're just going to expand on this good IP. How's Peter Dinklage? Still the show? I actually, I, I've always really liked him. I've never had a problem with him, so I think he's great. Excellent. So... Um, that's what you've been up to. As far as what I've been up to, guys, um, 
<coughs> excuse me, I just watched um, the show Beef, which um, aired on April 6, 2023. It's a Netflix original. Um, watching the trailer didn't really catch my eye, but I have a few buddies that were like Denny in particular who was watching it saying it's, it's great. It's 10 episodes, 30 minutes, so if you really wanted to jam it out in a day or, or two, you could, but it was up for a bunch of different Emmys. I think it was it had 13 nominations, and it won eight, and eight, like, the good ones were, like, like best lead actor, lead actress, show, cast, and stuff, so it won all the, all the ones you'd want to win. Is this the one with the dude from Shameless or whatever? It's the dude, it's, uh, no, I think that's, uh, you're thinking of the bear. Oh, that's maybe that's what I'm thinking of. So yeah, it stars Steven Yeun and Ali Long, where Ali Long is, does the voice of Big Mouth, she was, got popular and Always Be My Maybe, and she's a stand-up comedian, but Steven Yeun, or however you pronounce it, is the voice for Invincible, and he's the dude on Glenn on Walking, Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yeah. But, uh, dude, it's, 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 <sighs> I was trying to tell Danny, I'm like, it's really, really good, but it goes in a completely different way from what you think it is essentially the catalyst is that these two people get beef because of like minor oh you know like, i know like, what like you're a car kind of incident and then it just escalates and then when it when it finally gets to the point of like it's like this could only happen in a show because like every part of their life gets tied in with the other one like he talks to the husband she talks to the brother it, and it gets really really deep but um it was nice to see a you know, it's a it's all pretty much an all Asian cast. It's it's really well done. To me, it's just there's a couple things in it that are like, like what is this in here for? Like this doesn't make any sense. But if you got time, uh, check it out. And Stephen Young was the guy that was actually supposed to be. He was cast as Sentry for one of the upcoming Marvel movies, but he was getting a lot of hate because he's uh he's a good he's short, but he's a decent size. Uh, like but he's uh, Korean, I believe. But Sentry is like this big He-Man, blonde-haired guy, mm. and a lot of people were were giving him shit. But he um, just dropped out of that for scheduling, and uh, Pullman uh, is the new guy cast for that. So in case you guys were wondering, as far as what I've been playing, I meant to mention this last week, but um, I just ran through. I and Andrew keeps he was always reminding me, and I kept forgetting that I have a couple of Call of Duties that like I never finished the campaign. So not only did I finish uh, Modern Warfare Three. I finished uh, Black Ops Cold War, and I finished Modern Warfare 2, the remastered, on Veteran, which was pretty uh, pretty tough at some points, but uh, it was fantastic, and the original one came out in 2009, the remake was in 2020, and after playing Black Ops 3, because I know Andrew was beaten up on it, but I, I couldn't really say my piece because I didn't finish it when we were talking about it on the episode. Modern Warfare 3. Modern Warfare 3. It's, dude, Black Ops Cold War and Modern Warfare 2 were Way better. awesome, man. And and one of the things is like, dude, nobody, I mean, if you play the Call of Duties, you, you know that they have good campaigns. But dude, pound for pound, like when we were talking about it off camera, dude, that campaign is probably, after replaying it, one of the best campaigns I've ever played in a game Ever and I don't think first-person shooters really get a lot of recognition for for campaigns mix of things like The Last of Us. But after redoing it, I'm like, dude, this was gritty. It was tough. It was there was cool plot twists. It was just awesome. It's I I always just love those ones more because that's what the newer one was missing was missing that action that big action set yeah. piece. You know, like I'm running on the rooftops. I go to jump for the helicopter and then I miss. Now I have this crowd of people chase me through the favela. Run through favela, dude. Yeah, and there's awesome. just so many cool moments like that. Whereas there's maybe like one or so in the new one. And I'm like, that's what you're missing. Yeah, and I don't know how they came. They kind of a fall from grace. And after replaying one of the original best ones, it's like, and then I'm glad I did Modern Warfare 3 first 
then Cold War, and then uh, and then Modern Warfare 2. Because I was just it just from there it just ramped up. So um, that's what I was recently uh, playing. Because as far as I'm still on Yakuza Zero, so hopefully maybe next week I can finish that and give my end thoughts on it. So with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into our main story and. <clears throat> There's a lot of rumors going around that Xbox's first-party games or potential um, exclusives are going to be going to PlayStation. I didn't originally want to do this story because everyone's kind of talking about it, and it's all just rumors. There's nothing really uh, set in stone. But then I was kind of thinking, I'm like, well, at least I guess we can look at it from a point that if it did, you know, how do we look at it? And then kind of talking to Andrew off off camera, I think we kind of lean in two different Direction. So I figured it might be kind of cool to to kind of give our thoughts on it. So let me start with this by uh, reading this from comicbook.com. Uh, it says, It's a wild time to be an Xbox fan. The past month has brought with it tons of credible rumors and reports indicating that some serious shifts in strategy are about to take place at Microsoft. These potential changes will result in Xbox porting its biggest first-party games to platforms outside of Xbox and PC. If true... The move, at least in the eyes of many Xbox fans, would defeat the purpose of owning dedicated Xbox hardware and would turn Microsoft into more of a traditional third-party video game publisher. At the time of writing this, uh, more clarification on this matter hasn't been provided just yet, but Xbox, bo uh, Xbox boss Phil Spencer has said that those at Microsoft are listening to what fans have to say. To that end, more details on the situation are set to be shared next week at a business update event that will be held by Xbox. Additional information on the date and time of this event uh, haven't been provided just yet, but we'll surely hear more soon enough. And if you actually look up, it was a, it, he had a tweet, and it just kind of more elaborated that we're listening and changes are coming, you know, keep a lookout. But before we dive into speculation of, of what, I kind of wanted, I was telling Andrew, I kind of want to do it in, in three different parts if we can kind of pick it apart. And one I want to do in, is... Um, do exclusives matter at Xbox anymore? I mean, it's been enough time, you know, does, is that, that's one portion of it. Two, there's a list of games that they, that they're saying have the highest potential to be, um, uh, put on PlayStation. Do those games impact the Xbox brand? And then finally, like he's saying, you know, is Microsoft going to turn more into a traditional third party video game publisher at this point, you know, they're going to stay in the hardware business or they're going to maybe become a big service and just make the game pass. It's, it's kind of flagship thing. So uh, I think we're going to pull it from those three. So let's start with the first one. And the first one, of course, is um, do exclusives matter to Xbox? It's kind of, uh, you know, at this point, how many exclusives compared to other systems like Nintendo and PlayStation does Xbox have that make it stand outable so um when i was telling you this uh, how do you feel about exclusives does, does microsoft even does xbox even rely on exclusives for the brand because we've all been buying it and there's really only been a few they haven't been but i think that's part of the problem is we're just now to where it should be because there's a lot of people out there that are like really mad i, I i'm not mad you know i i, I look at it, i'm like okay like i I understand what they're doing, but personally, I don't think it's the right decision. But you have to, the people who are mad, you have to look at it from like this kind of perspective. Like, okay, we went through the shitty Xbox One era with almost no exclusives, nothing really to play, plus dealing with all the Kinect bullshit and everything like that. Not to mention the launch of the Xbox One up until now where we didn't have any exclusives again. 
but that's because the promise was always on the horizon that the exclusives are coming. We're working on it. We're trying to do something. Be patient with us. So we've bought into this ecosystem to help get them to this point. And now where it's timely or now where it's finally time to, you know, pick the fruits from our labor, all this stuff is on the horizon. Like, Hey, you guys waited for us. Here they come. We've got this big slate. Everything's coming, but now it's going to be everywhere. Right. And so I think there's totally reason to be mad to totally be mad at that. Cause okay. I could have invested in this other system then that already has these exclusives that do matter. And all this stuff that I've been waiting for. Well, now it's going to be there. Yeah, see, I, that's just where I'm kind of on the fence of being like, okay, well, you if you're if you've been buying Xbox for two generations and waiting for the for the concept of bigger exclusives, then then the fact that it's coming and going to be on another system, like at that point, like okay, they're here, they're not exclusives, but you got big games to the platform, and, and then why didn't you jump ship? Why why have you? It, there can't be a reason that you've been buying Xbox because in 20 years there might be exclusives and because oh, i get what you're saying i'm just looking at it from the point of going if it does go to it because at this point i look at it as uh, and i was talking with gino the other day about it as well where it's like if i was still 16 younger man and i'd be like okay cool i want my brand to have an identity so that they know that this is ours but getting older i'm like i don't buy xbox for exclusives i buy it <coughs> and we were talking about it earlier is like I think it's better. I think the machine is better in a lot of other aspects. I think it has the best controller that you can play. I mean, this is all my opinion. I think it's got the, well, this might be objectively, it's got the best online infrastructure out of all three of the systems. Because this is all, again, putting gloves against PlayStation and Xbox. It's like, no one's talking about Nintendo, which is dog shit in all of these other categories outside of having exclusives which is what that is dedicated to their brand i think it's definitely got a better ui it's cleaner than playstation that is full with a lot of junk and i'm a big fan of the achievement system half the reason i kept going with the 360 was it was like i want to keep my achievements you know and and sony came later i think a year or so later with the trophies but as far as the end of the day for me do exclusives matter at xbox it's like i don't know if it does to me because it's like I've been I've been with it this long. It's like I've been buying two, I bought two more systems with no exclusives. I can't at that point I think use that answer as a crutch because I've been I've already been invested. At this point I've been buying it because I like the platform. I like having my friends on it. Like I'm using it for everything else. So for me it's hard for people to go, "Yeah, I bought in two machines waiting for a promise, a delayed promise that ex the exclusives might be coming down the line." I think I maybe feel differently. Again, I don't feel sprained or anything like that. But why I my big thing is why am I going to buy into a company that doesn't respect me anymore when I helped get you here? Yeah, I love the UI and I love the controller. If I went in, I if I was going to switch, I would definitely get that adapter so I could use the Xbox controller. But if on exclusives a matter. Why haven't you bought a PlayStation? I, you can't tell me that the, if exclusives matter, the best exclusives are on Sony. So if you've been waiting for good exclusives on an Xbox then you didn't buy a machine that already has them. So that's just where I'm like, you're in Xbox because you like Xbox. If you want, if you're in it for exclusives, then buy a Switch or a PlayStation. I know you have a Switch, but it's like the best games are on PlayStation. You don't want to play God of War. You don't want to play Horizon. You don't want to play Ghost of Tsushima. You're waiting for games to come to Xbox. I always kind of liked the idea of what was coming. That was, again, that was a promise. Like these Bethesda games, these other games that we purchased now, that's going to be here. And that outweighed the cons of yeah, like- Yeah, but that's so far removed from two systems ago. I mean, that we've been talking about the Bethesda acquisition for maybe the last year and a half. So what's been going on the last 15 years? 
I think, again, more for me, it's just a message. Like, it's like, okay, we've waited for all this time, and now we're just going to put it everywhere. That you don't respect me as a consumer, that why am I going to stick with you? I'm just going to go to this other, you know. But are you, though? Not, I mean, the, the royal you, but, like, are you going to? If everything's going to start going, I honestly think I am. I really think that this is the push, because you always tell me all the time, like, switch, switch, switch. And I'm like, okay, well, I, uh, Final Fantasy's not coming. Not yeah, that you, I care too that, much for some to of these me, other that's games. that's what's fucked up, is that Xbox was saying we were getting these games, and, they, and then you didn't. To me, that's disrespecting the customer. But, like, dude, you, I think you'd be at home on a PlayStation. And and maybe. And, that, and, that, and I've kind of always felt that way. It's just I've had more friends here in one spot. Exactly. So that was the only thing keeping me there. But if everything is going to be, uh, uh, that was the thread that was holding yeah. me there, was my friends there. But once the Bethesda acquisition happened, I'm like, okay, well, now I have to wait and see. Because I would rather play another game, like maybe whatever the next Skyrim or something like that. I know Starfield is kind of hyped up to be something like that. I would rather play something like that than, you know, whatever Death Stranding 1 was. And now that, okay, well, it's all going to be there. Well, then I might as well just be here because you can guarantee Nintendo's not going to bring their stuff to oh, another yeah, yeah, console. Yeah. Sony's not going to bring their stuff to another console. So why am I going to stay in this one spot when I can now have everything I've ever wanted here? Yeah, see, that's the other thing, too. I think a lot of the the, the anger is coming from, because I'm an agnostic gamer. I have all three systems Right, I, I buy them because I want to play certain games. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if everything was on one console per se, but it's like I do like switching between them. And I think a lot of people that are that are the most angry about this are people that just have one console, right? It's just, it's the person that has the one Xbox and like I've invested all my time and money into this one thing, and it, I don't feel special anymore. And again, like I said, if I was younger and sixteen, and that's what I had, I'm like I one hundred percent agree with it. But as time goes on, and and, and and we move forward with with this. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think ex, I don't think exclusives define the micro the Xbox brand, and I don't think it has for a long, long time. So people are getting so mad about it, but it's like it, it hasn't been there since the 360. <laughs> well, I think maybe they're and part of it too is that like they've always had just terrible messaging, and that's why this whole thing has gotten out of yeah. control. It's like, hey, we'll have an event next week. It's like, okay, like it takes you that long to prepare a statement. After just these. doing the developer direct of showing all these games, first party games coming in. And it's like, you already know what you're going to do. Why can't you have anything ready? And now everything's just getting out of hand. And so now you just look like, okay, you're not a company that respects the consumer that's going to do best by me, where we built this friendly place for you. We're going to give you this exclusive. We're going to do whatever. It's like, no, now we're just put it everywhere because they already make more than enough money. They don't have to do this. They're just doing it now for more money. Yeah. And I wonder if part of the problem and maybe what's led to here has been like, obvious. it's it's obvious by now that the Game Pass isn't like a money maker, like maybe what they're thinking with the day one exclusives on there. You know, those are a lot of sunken costs that, Again, I remember when we were talking about this before, I think the Game Pass still would have been a great value and I still would have paid for the Game Pass. If you put a game on there, like let's say Starfield was on there day and date and you pay $30 instead of $60 or $30 instead of $70, I still would have done that. And then you're not totally losing out. That's still a stellar deal. Yeah, because even what did they do recently where we bought it just to get the early access? We bought it for early access. That's a cool concept too. And that's why we were saying like, okay, maybe this is what they're going to do going in the future yeah. as a way to not walk back on their day one whatever because they know a lot of people like us sure why not i'll drop 30 dollars just yeah. to play it a week early four days early whatever why not 30 dollars is still better than 70 dollars yeah so um i don't know is there anything else you want to say about that before we move into the games the potential games no i, I, I again it's 
now that it's at the point where it matters with all these things on the horizon, that's what we won't know. Yeah. Is because, I mean, Blade wasn't branded, but a lot of people thought, like, Blade would be, you have Hellblade and Indiana Jones, all these big games that are finally here that should have been our time to shine. Well, now it's everybody's time to shine. <laughs> well, okay, let's move, into, possibly, let's possibly. move into the games then that they're going to be rumored. And um, the other thing, too, that I, I didn't see a lot of people mentioning is that not only PS5, but they are saying potentially Nintendo Switch. Now, with that, you'd have to be... It, it would be definitely pick and choose games because the Switch ain't going to be able to run everything that like a PS5 could. And if it could, it would take a while. And of course, we have the Switch 2 around the corner. Well, for listing games, can we start off with this one that I had seen that they've already like data mined that Hi-Fi Rush, which was one of the big rumored ones. Yeah, yeah. Is already, is already coming it, that it's been data mined for the Switch, that it's going to be on the Switch. And I think that's a, a perfect game for the Switch because it's not that some people are mad about... Every, it's not about, oh, just any exclusive in general. Hi-Fi Switch, for as great as it was, I know you love it. Some people put it as, like, the game of the year, their nominee up there. It's not a AAA title. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely um, it's a be, it's kind a, of more it's of a an be, experiment. For the, it's a B-tier title. It. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's there's a... I, I saw a list that had, that had more games, but at the end of the day, these were the big ones that were coming out. Um, Starfield, uh, Indiana Jones, Gears of War, Hi-Fi Rush, that Andrew said, Sea of Thieves, Hellblade 2, and then the biggest one, of course, was Halo. So I kind of want to just walk through these real quick and just kind of point out, does these exclusives matter specifically to Xbox? Like, What are we losing if they go to PlayStation? So with Starfield, um, I think they... It, clearly, they wanted it to be the next Elder Scrolls and the next Fallout, and it just wasn't. Starfield came, Starfield came and went. So who is arguing that they want it only on the on the Xbox? It's like we're done with that game at this point, and it was a day one game passer. It's like they didn't make the money that they wanted to make off of it. So it's like okay, everyone's done with it. No one, it, no one's, no one's playing this over and over again like a Fallout. There are there are certain people I was gonna say nobody, but it's not the biggest boom like in Elder Scrolls and Fallout. And I think that really really upset them because they thought it was gonna be the next thing, and it just wasn't. I mean, maybe putting it in the hands of a whole bigger ecosystem would would help that game thrive and that's at the end of the day it's what we we want to happen i mean i agree but you also have to kind of take it at the other side like okay well what if this game did critical numbers and was amazing because this game was very experimental that who's to say older schools said you know if this had been that next big huge game would it have done it or is it only because it underperformed you have to take the good with the bad so you can't just be like well this one's bad so we're now we're going to put it everywhere this one's good so we're going to keep it like how are you making those decisions now is it just strictly critical acclaim based sales based and again how do you judge sales on a game that was free day one yeah and starfield if everyone remembers was originally going to be on playstation and i think it was actually going to be an exclusive they were trying to buy it out uh, yeah, to be an on exclusive PlayStation until xbox came in and swooped that up so yeah as far as starfield goes I don't know who anyone would be mad, like, that's our game. It's like, Starfield is from a company that was originally cross-platform. Because that's what a lot of people are arguing about. And I get that, you know, they bought it and then you want the more exclusives. But it's like, these games are generally, like, this isn't a mascot game. This is a, this was generally always a a uh, cross-platform game. And the next big one. That I was like, that's the point. What's the point of buying Bethesda? Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest thing. Because the Activision one made more sense. They want to have Call of Duty, and then from there... Call of Duty just generates money, yeah. But yeah, they're they're tying with Bethesda made it seem like they were going to make all these games and they were going to stand out. But yeah, Indiana Jones, um, we saw the the trailer, the the gameplay that they had with it, 
it looked it looked good, but at the end of the day, it's it, it didn't look great. I don't know why anyone would be like, oh, this is this is our game on Xbox. So Indiana Jones, I mean, do you have a problem with that being on PlayStation? Is that a game that we want to only be ours? I mean, I again, like we said it before, that that this was maybe like okay, you have the first ones really get the foundation. It's either going to be great at the very least, hopefully good, and then this could be that counter to Uncharted. You know, they already have Uncharted, and obviously there's Tomb Raider to compete with too. So they already have a game like this on PlayStation. The PlayStation didn't necessarily necessarily need this, and if this does come out on PlayStation, I doubt it's going to be like set the world on fire unless it's like a 10 out of 10 game yeah i think a lot of these earlier games were games that were already planned to go to playstation it's just it changed when xbox bought it so it's just like okay well like starfield was going to be a playstation game and it's just like now they can have redfall they can have redfall the next one which i think is a little more controversial is gears of war because if we are going to talk about flagship mascot games for microsoft and xbox gears of war 100 percent is a game that I that is Xbox. So I was curious though, because are they going to just be um, the legacy games? Like, are, are they going to get all of the titles? And um, are they going to be able to do online with crossplay, um, just the campaigns? Or because because again, they haven't really dove into it. Or would this just be new Gears of War games moving forward? So if you are someone that wants to hold on to this is ours, this would be one of the games I'd be mad about because. I don't care about Starfield going on PlayStation. I don't care about Indiana Jones. In my mind, those are third-party games. But Gears of War moving over there, if it's something you want to be mad about, this is the one to do it. So if they did get it, would it be the like a like the collection? Or do you think it would just be moving forward, Gears of War 6? No, for sure the collection. I mean, if they're already going to do it. it right? Yeah, if they're moves. already going to do it forward, why not? Here's this game for a fan base that never had it. And I think maybe two part of the problem is like once this would go over there, this would be like kind of that real sting that hurts, like yeah. this or Halo. Whereas maybe people looked at like Starfield or Indiana Jones as more of like, okay, maybe they don't have to be an exclusive, but it's more of like a bargaining chip to, or I mean, that's why we always kind of maybe thought about it a little bit. Like, hey, we have these and maybe it could go over there and it's not the end of the world for us. And maybe this will help stave off Sony from buying up another Final Fantasy, Silent Hill 2. Who's to say that they're not going to pay for the next Resident Evil to be exclusive or, you know, some of these other games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sony's, Sony just knows how to play the game. And so, yeah, if you if you are comparing what games matter to the brand, Gears of War 100% is. Andrew started with um, Hi-Fi Rush, and I agree. I don't think anyone's losing sleep over Hi-Fi Rush. It, I think it, that game's perfect to be on. You were saying the Switch. Right. Um, again, I think this game, when they were... I, I'm trying to remember when they were doing the, the acquisition... Some of these games were already in development for multi-systems. I don't think this game was being made when they knew Xbox was going to buy them. So again, for me, I don't see this game really mattering much or damaging that you know the Xbox brand that it's on PlayStation. The next uh, one, which a lot of people, out of all the ones you could be mad about, I saw the most people liking this one, is Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is this big online pirate game, and if it... You want more, you want the most players playing online games. And if you're restricted to just PC and Xbox, well, then you're, you're cutting off two other, you know, two other pipelines to it. With uh, I don't because I don't know if Switch would be able to handle this game. It is saying that it's possible that there is a Switch version, but I mean, 
Sea of Thieves, going to PlayStation. All that's doing for the per- people that play it is doubling, if not more, getting more players on it. So that's if why that would you many be mad people, at that? That's if that many people enjoy it. And sea arguably, of is, Sea of Thieves is huge, man. Arguably, that game now, then when it launches <laughs> in a better state than ever, it has like really. It's one of those games that's turned around and really kind of come a long way. But this one, this is one that personally, I if. I did feel some type of way. I wouldn't be upset about this. Is something that does make sense because it's a live service game that's not an identity game like yeah. like Gears or Halo or something like that. This could be out there and be more players, and that would be good for Rare. Yeah. So Sea of Thieves, I think, would be the smart. I'm surprised it hasn't gone over there um, yet. Uh, the next game is uh, Senua's Saga: Hellblade Two. Now the when you look back at because uh, they they uh, got Team Ninja and their one of their first games they ever made was Heavenly Sword because I was kind of curious I'm like what is their background was it exclusive for PlayStation. for PlayStation and then they did micro or Microsoft they did Devil May Cry which was cross platform they did Disney Infinity cross platform and then when they did uh, the first Hellblade the first Hellblade was on PlayStation Four Xbox One. And Nintendo Switch, so that was before that was pre-acquisition. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So this is a game that people want to just be exclusive because now we own the company. Like this, to me, this game should be cross-platform because how shitty would it be if you played number one and now you can't play number two because you're you're someone with a Switch only? It's like for me, this game does not hurt it going to PlayStation or Nintendo Switch. You know, or being exclusive on Xbox. To me, I'm like, this game makes sense to be on all of them. See, for me, the way I look at it, and it, because they've been marketing so much as this game, and this game obviously does look beautiful. This game has been so hyped up and so big, and it's going to be great that this was supposed to breathe the game that brings more people into the ecosystem right. than let them out. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a fair point as well. And then, um, arguably, the biggest game that, uh, if you're going to be pissed about it, this is the one. Excuse me. This is the one that I would be pissed about is Halo. Halo is Xbox. Yeah. Halo is Xbox. You could argue Gears and, and, and Halo. No. But at Halo the end of the day, the game that built it's, the it's house. Master Chief. Their color scheme is green. It matches the armor. And if I had to say keep one, if you're going to have any exclusives ever, keep, that's the one you keep. But as I was... Um, Looking around, you know what, I may have lost the number, is Halo took a huge dip in its concurrent players. Once upon a time, Halo was the game. It had everybody playing on it, and it dipped, um, when you give your piece on it, I'll see if I can find the exact number, but it dipped so low, and and what sucks, I mean, they did it to themselves. When it launched on um, the Series X, right, it came out, Infinite came out with the Series X, it was Bones, It, it... it didn't have anything that true Halo fans um, wanted in it. Forge was a big mistake. They never should have launched that game without Forge. But missing split screen. Yeah, me. Um, I mean, I we were day one playing it uh, with Dante, with Daniel, uh, Gino. I, you were we were playing games. So it's like I've been around Halo since the beginning of Infinite. It wasn't the best. TK is one of the one of the plays I play with the most. It wasn't the best, but. Fast forward three or four years, Halo Infinite is the best it's ever been. Like mm-hmm. I was literally playing last night with TK. We ran through our our, our uh, weekly challenges. We got the ultimate. It's it's the it's awesome right now. But it put a bad taste in so many people's mouth that the audience never came back for it. So as much as if as much as putting Halo on on PlayStation, I think would be the nail in the coffin for even thinking that they wouldn't put anything. You know, that's the last exclusive. 
it needs that that breath of fresh life because those players just aren't there anymore, and and PC can really only do so much. Right, I, and this is a game too that when it launched, many outlets gave it like a ten. I know we yeah. were talking about we could understand that it was a ten, and and it had a it, good campaign too. Yeah, it seemed like maybe just for the first updates and the first couple of things they were doing, kind of stagnated for a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. they took too long, and then they kind of really got the let out and were like, okay, here's what we're doing. Yeah, arguably now I go back and play it, and I it's it's so much fun because now everything's there that should have been there. Yeah, I think I was looking at it if I can remember because I don't want to dig through that whole thing that Halo dropped to as low as like. 30,000 players, if not lower, maybe 25, when just for comparison, if you look at something like um, like Call of Duty, it's on its average player base in November 2023 was 95,000, and, it, and at its peak was at 190,000. So when you just look at those numbers of who's still playing COD, which I'd argue COD's probably the, the worst it's been in a while, especially coming off to Modern Warfare 3, where Halo Infinite, which is at its best it's ever been, is under 25, 30K. So you, the, the, you can just tell where the audience is. I think it's a little bit hard to tell something like that. I'm glad you kind of brought those numbers up in a okay. way. Because you have Halo and you have Call of Duty. Call of Duty is everywhere. Halo, obviously, is just on Xbox. We don't have anything else to compare it to. We don't have a kill zone or an online shooter yeah. that is only in one spot. To compare something yeah, like that to. Yeah, but Halo be the last one that's just like, I guess Apex is on everything, Fortnite's on everything. Yeah, the la- besides Gears. But that was those, the thing that when I was looking it up, Halo at one point was was high up, in, like close to 100. So even the people that still have Game Pass and Xbox, it's like, they're just not even playing it anymore. I'd have to see when the numbers kind of like fell off though too, because that game is how old now? What, what year did it come out? Is that, that's not a 2020 game, is it? That's a... Yeah. Uh, Halo Infinite? Yeah. 21? Yeah, it's been as long as whatever the Xbox was, right? And we haven't had, and PlayStation hasn't had a shooter like that in how long? Killzone went away a long time ago. They don't have an online multiplayer game. Yeah, which is unfortunate. And, I, and I'm, there's so many off topics. There's yeah, some, yeah, that's not a there's brag some, no, there's some, I like Killzone. There's some rumors that SOCOM is going to be coming back, and I would absolutely love that. But I'm seeing here that the its peak player count was at 18,000 for Halo. So it's like... That's even worse than I than I thought, man. So, is it that bad though? Eighteen thousand—that's enough well, to fill matches put, and do everything you want to on a console but by let's, itself. But let's compare. Okay, let's say thirty thousand was the high. Now it's like now they're a little over half of that. So it is a pretty big dip. When if if thirty thousand is the single console high number, it's lost. It lost half its players. Over how long though? Uh, Does it have a time frame on there? Because it's over two years, then that's gradual. Halo. If it was over a month. Yeah, I don't. I'd have to be. I'll, I'll leave the article in, in the in the uh, description if you guys want to pour through it. But it is just crazy to see that Halo has just dipped the lowest it's ever been. So um, that's what I wanted to point out with those games. But anything else about the games you wanted to to talk about? No. I, I again, there are some that do make sense, and others. So outside of Halo and Gears, though, do, are any of the other games? Would you really? Would you really give a shit if they were on PlayStation? I think Hellblade, but only because they've hyped that up so much that that game they have put at the forefront is like, this is a face of Xbox game. They revealed the console, which yeah, went to yeah, the yeah. Game Awards, with this game that now you're doing all this marketing. You, you're you Instead of paying all this money then for all this marketing that's over the top and everything, why not do the bare minimum marketing? Because now you're just marketing it for Sony. Yeah, so um, again, if, if Xbox does do this, if Gears and Halo do, do crossover... And that's just the end of it. The, then there's then there is no reason if if your if your answer is to not buy Xbox because there's no exclusives. Those are the two big ones. But as far as these other games, I don't know what people are are really getting mad about because to me 
they could all be over there and it really wouldn't matter. Because again, you got to remember, they, they also got to start making some of that money back with this $69 billion acquisition of, of um, Activision and Blizzard that they did. So um, maybe this is just the way to start getting it. So that moves into the next thing is, is with if it does happen, does Xbox stay making a console or does it fade out and become a service or maybe just the pass on TVs and tablets? Because again, we... No one's talking about Nintendo. It's the weakest one. It's got the. It's got a high number of exclusives. But like, because people are going like, oh, is this going to be like Sega? It's going to fall out and just be a publisher. But it's like you got to remember that they're still around because they're a trillion dollar company. If this was happening the other way around and and, and PlayStation was in third place because it and and, and the answer was because they didn't have exclusives, they would have been gone by now. But the fact that Microsoft doesn't have exclusives and is selling the worst, it's like. Well, they're not going anywhere because they can afford to it. So, I guess it's just will they not get, from a yeah, gaming brand? Will they get rid of the hardware if, in all honesty, they can afford to take the loss? I mean, why would they even go making these decisions if their plan wasn't to get out of hardware? Is the big thing like why put everything everywhere when you can just make all these games, rake in all the money from that, and maybe have a, a game pass here, a game pass there your smart TV app for that UI or something like that. Because if, again, if you feel like your console's not selling, why even take it any further? Like, this almost seems like the way for them to kind of get out of there. Well, and they're, I think they're, they're, they thought what was going to be magic was the cheaper Series S, right? Everyone's like, oh, here's the cheapest entry point to get next-level games or, you know, next-gen games. But it's like, but you can't run the games right. You're skewing it down. Like, where PlayStation's sitting on power the whole time, running every game at max, it's like, we've got to make, a like... What was the big one? I think it was, uh, they had to scale it down. Or like for like uh, Boulder's Gate, for example, they couldn't add the multiplayer um, because this S couldn't handle it. And they eventually just like, okay, we're going to drop it because we have to put it out on the X. Right. So it's like, they're, even their hardware is holding itself back. So you can have a Series X, but the game you're playing, unless you go into the settings and, and try to up-res it, is, is tethered to lesser hardware, which is another, you know, thing of like, if you're going to get out of the hardware business, like, it makes sense. You're selling. You're selling two different things. Yeah, I don't say. And what's crazy too, and maybe this would be the last. There's already the rumors out there, and I mean it's coming. The mid gen refresh update, like that's already been leaked from like a lot of places. That is anyone going to buy it, knowing that these games are going to be everywhere now? Yeah. Like so. let's say that that was something they revealed two months from now. We have this new Xbox. It's our mid gen update this thing can do like full-blown 8k whatever it's a it's a high-end machine and it's really good would you would you even bother upgrading and buying it knowing that all these other games are going to come to your ps5 and you can just get the next ps5 pro whatever the hell it's going to be called get that instead and play all these games do you think we're going to have the answer by next week or whatever they said that that event was that i think they're going to have an event on what they're going to do with everything i i don't know what kind of answer they're going to give and i wonder too like are you planning this as like a show or is this just going to be like a blog post on like, yeah, like Xbox Y or something like that? Tweet. Well, well, what do you think? What do you land on? What would your percentage be? Over under 50%, 60% that it, that it doesn't. I don't want it to, but I feel like the messaging is kind of there that it is going to. Oh, yeah, okay. And that was, I, I also kind of wrote this down as just like something like kind of like separate to like physical branding, I feel like is really like a thing to having something there. So, obviously, PlayStation doesn't plan on going anywhere. Nintendo, if you just had no Xbox and you just had a Game Pass, like, is the branding still really that strong? Are you going to call it Microsoft Pass now? <laughs> is it just Xbox yeah, right? Game There's Pass? No box. And then do you have people 
promoting this stuff everywhere because I'm wearing a PlayStation sweater right now. You don't see people wearing like a Hulu sweater, a Netflix sweater. I don't see anyone wearing like a shirt for Steam that, (laughs) you know, that doesn't have even though Steam's on PC, that's not like a physical presence like these other things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just going to say, out of all the shirts, I mean, I have a PlayStation shirt in there as well. So. And, I, and I have like a couple of Xbox things too, again, because it's a physical thing. I, I would never go and be like, oh, let me get this cool HBO Max shirt, yeah. which is essentially what Game Pass would be like. It's almost like a Netflix Hulu style system now for games. Interesting. So at the end of the day, um, I think it's going to be a version of letting games go to PlayStation. I don't think it's going to be things like Halo or Gears of War. And I don't think they're going to get out of the hardware business just yet. I think we've got maybe, maybe two, if they if they stay with, I think they got maybe two generations more of hardware to see where it goes. Because after buying all these studios, it's like, you know, now let's make the next system and see how we do there. So... I think some games are going to come to PlayStation, and I think it's going to be a lot of the games that were already kind of cross-platform. Um, I think the titles that they were showing, the majority of them, don't matter if they win it anyway. And then I think they are going to stay in the hardware for a little bit longer, if they, if they leave at all. Yeah, I think so, too. I would kind of prefer them not. I mean, it, if you're going to pick and choose some games like Sea of Thieves, Hi-Fi Rush, and I guess maybe let Starfield go, because those were some earlier ones that were already in development and were thought of as multi-platform, that's fine. But then you kind of have, like, a weaker future, especially with something like Blade. You revealed Blade. Blade had no branding on it. But we already know that Insomniac has x-men on top of spider-man coming and those for sure aren't coming to xbox so it's like okay well i'll, I'll just get a playstation <laughs> well you might as well get your own playstation so um that's a lot of information to take in and again keep in mind it's all rumor it's all speculative so leave down in the comments guys what you think is going to happen with the future of xbox do you want to edit I, I was gonna say i, I do kind of want to end that all of this okay the the good or the bad whether they're gonna do it or not could have been solved if they just said, hey, Friday or today, Thursday, Wednesday, whatever, because a lot of this has been bubbling for a little bit now. Like, it takes you that long to plan your statement for whatever this event. And this event better be, like, a full-blown video thing where here's our future and where we have a whole production of something to show you. If it's just a wire post, then they just let everything get out of control and really spurn a lot. Even if they're like, no, we're bolstering down on exclusives. They're not coming to PlayStation and stuff like that. How many people have you already spurned and burned now? They're going to be pissed. That wouldn't have been had you just put the messaging out sooner. Well, and that's the thing too. People are, it blew up because he said, don't worry fans, we're listening. Big things to come and people just jumped on it. And then that's the other thing that people are skipping. The first part of it is, is saying we're listening. So if if you're listening, then somebody or a majority of something had to say, we want Xbox games on PlayStation. Because that's his whole opening sentence. Say, hey guys, we're listening. We heard you. You know, we're gonna take. We're gonna things are gonna happen because what the fans say. But it doesn't sound like any fan is saying this. So that's another reason why I think most of this is probably not real. Because it's like those are just two contradicting. Things wouldn't it be? Like, you can't be yeah. telling me that you're listening to fans saying they want it on Xbox and the moment or on PlayStation and the moment the rumors start coming out, everybody's trashing on it. I don't see it anyways. It's not like they're gonna reverse their decision. Him saying we're listening is just bullshit talk for his lead into we have an event coming up. Right. You already probably had some event coming up, and now that this stuff is leaking, maybe you're having to do it sooner than later and you're just trying to pass by people. You should have had something ready to say already by this yeah. point. So 
Uh, let us know what you guys think. We are going long, but we did promise to answer at least one. We have two questions. We'll definitely do one. We'll, we'll see if we can get time to do both. So <clears throat> we're going to move into questions of the week. Now, guys, if you want to leave a question that Andrew and I can answer on the show for you, you can do so a couple of different ways. You can leave it in the comment on the YouTube section. You can email us at lastcallproductions at gmail.com, or you can find me on social media at Craig Perales, and I can take it there. So the question we were meant to answer last week, um, oh God, of course it went away, uh, was from The Sabbath. And he writes, uh, I noticed you guys didn't start the year with a most anticipated games like last year. Are there any games now that we're in February that you are anticipating or having your eye on? Yeah, so unfortunately we didn't do it. And I really liked when we did that last year. We kind of gave a projection of what was coming out. Yeah, we had a lot going on. But yeah, we had family member issues. And, you know, so we just thought a late start. And by the time we were going through it, there was already other things to um, talk about. So, yeah, I wanted to point out that uh, obviously, um, because I didn't want to say Final Fantasy VII. That's on everybody. So nothing that's in February coming out um we won't talk about so um I, I just told Andrew we just picked one big one so Andrew what's the biggest game you have your eye coming out hopefully you know unless anything gets pushed by 2024 if you asked me for start of the year because he said February it would have been like a dragon because that came out but as far as what I'm really excited for is that Paper Mario Thousand Year Switch remake because that I truly love that game that game always has a special place in my heart it's in like my top 10 for sure ask me on the right day it's in the top 5 I asked Craig forever to play it just like Link's Awakening and he finally had gotten his hands on it and really enjoyed it yeah Gino Gino um uh Gino put it onto a jump drive for me that I was able to put in and play, and then I bought an old uh, Switch controller and linked it into my... Because I played it on the on the Wii. I, either way, that game, it, it's just something special It's a GameCube game, me. right? Yeah, it's a GameCube game originally. That game something special for me. That was the first... I actually played that before I played any of the other Mario RPGs. That was the first one I had ever played, so maybe that's why it's my favorite. But I also... I still think it stands the test did of time. You write down the, did you write that it. when it comes out? They didn't put a release date it's on okay. it. I think it just said Summer. Okay, yeah, because uh, that, that was the other thing, too, when I, I didn't mind that we we skipped over um, what's coming out, because there's so many games that don't have a concrete date that when you look at a lot of um, calendars, they, you know, cemented dates really get to about, like, April, and it's hard to, I mean, I don't want to... Just a Tuesday in 2024. Yeah, I wouldn't want to make a, a, you know, a list on something like uh, Judas or something, and then it doesn't even come out this year or something like that. But my game that I um, had my eye on was, and I kind of forgot about it until um, I was re-looking up games coming out, was South Park Snow Day, which is, um, I forgot coming out so quick. It's coming out on March 26th of this year. Uh, Cross-platform. I'm a big fan of the uh, Fractured Butthole and the Stick of Truth. What they were able to do with those two games in the RPG setting was fantastic. And And the next one, the second one was better than the first one. And the first one was amazing. So, when we were looking at it the last week, um, it looks like it's this co-op kind of uh, tactical shooting type game. But so it's like it looks like they're pivoting away from the RPG aspect and kind of taking on a new genre. And it was really kind of weird to figure out if it was a multiplayer game or if it's a because you could play with your friends. But I'm assuming the other teammates, if you if you can't play with them, are you, I think you can match make or you can get AI. But uh. I don't know. We were watching it. I think it looks good. It looks like the humor is there. And it's one of the cool things that can re- can translate from 
uh, show to game because the animation just kind of fits perfectly with how they already make it. Right, and South Park is one of those games too, like, yeah, everyone loves the JRPG, but there's a lot of people who still, if you ask them, they love the shooter one from the N64, as old as that is. So this is one of those games that could, like, transcend a genre. It doesn't have to be one set definition. Yeah, and I wanted to point out too, because I was kind of curious, uh, if everyone forgets, it's that uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone signed a big um, six-year, $900 million deal to make um, six additional seasons of South Park. Which sucks now because the seasons are only six episodes instead of being twenty like they used to be, and fourteen movies or specials, and because um, it doesn't say it in this, but and make one more game. So this is the game that fulfills that end of the contract. So um, that's what I'm having my eye on, and there's a ton of other good stuff coming out. Actually, um, Dragon's Dogma. If you check out um, the brothers' take, uh, I think they did it um, most anticipated games too. So if you want some other thoughts, definitely go check those boys. Ow. Um, do we want to do this? Yeah, we can talk about this real quick. Um, and the last question, guys, comes from Jason T. And they write, um, what's going on with this Disney Fortnite crossover? This is really just showing how live service games are getting out of control. Disney and Fortnite, what's the point? Yeah, I, I really wasn't sure about that when I read it. But then I think Gino posted a big article in um, our Facebook page in Last Call Gaming. And I think when I started looking at it, what I think people are confusing is that it's they think it's going to be Disney in Fortnite, and no, when I'm reading, I'm sure there is. But. Yeah, it's 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 a separate universe that they're teaming up with Epic to make something that's in tangent with with Fortnite. So I'll just read this, and this comes from um, The Verge, and it says, uh, let's "See, in addition to being a world class games experience and interoperating with Fortnite." The new persistent universe will offer a multitude of opportunities for consumers to play, watch, shop, and engage with content, characters, and stories from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Avatar, and more. Players, gamers, and fans will be able to create their own stories and experiences, express their fandom in a distinctly Disney way, and share content with each other in ways that they love. This will be uh, this will all be powered by Unreal Engine. So yeah, once I read that, I'm like, okay, no, this isn't Disney and Star Wars. This is like they're making a like a, its own dedicated world that's involved. It almost seems like Disneyland or Disney World in a game aspect. So on one hand, I'm nervous because the last couple Disney games, you know, were kind of shitty. They're in the worst possible spot they've ever been with probably all of these IP. Disney movies and Pixar movies are flopping harder than they've ever flopped before. Marvel is going in a direction that no one knows what's coming next. Or cares. Or cares. Star Wars has been just been garbage. It's like they, they haven't figured it out. Avatar might be a saving grace. I heard the Ubisoft... Uh, it's Ubisoft, right, that made the new Avatar yeah, game? Yeah, the game. I heard I that came out pretty decently. And again, they got so much more IP. It's like... Okay, but what are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna squander it? Are you gonna are you gonna ruin it in, in one more time? But on the other hand, I like what it's saying. It's like this is gonna be a unique experience for not just the gamer, but fans and able to do certain kinds of things. So if the execution on that is is great, and it's it's this whole thing where I'm like, wow, this is really cool. That I'm excited for. It's just kind of weird that it's happening at all. What do you think? I'd really have to wait and see, and I'm really curious as to how it's going to pan out. Because if I were to ask you, and I, I don't know if you know or not, uh, well, obviously we know. Why is Fortnite famous? The skins? My no, no, just why, why is it? 
Like, when you think of Fortnite, what do you think of? Crazy colors and and shooting. I don't know, but it's a battle royale. Oh, style. oh yeah, yeah, it's it a been, battle yeah, royale it game. Invented the genre, didn't it? No, that is not how it launched. Oh. There was other games like PUBG and stuff like that that were before before Fortnite. I didn't play too much, but you would like build houses and it was like a little zombie survival style game really? and stuff like that. Nobody gave a shit about Fortnite, and t- at least to my knowledge, I didn't read about it hitting the maps or nothing like that. Until they drop their battle royale, and that's when everyone yeah, started. Yeah, I don't play about battle it. royale, so it's just like that's why it just it never crossed my path. And so I I don't know what their success rate was when they did that Lego stuff for like a bit. It was cool to show that they can do something different, and you build houses and stuff like that. I don't know that everyone was crazy about it, but again, they're most known for that battle royale. So the other thing they did before, not so much. So can they capture lightning in a bottle twice with this Disney IP? Because I doubt Disney wants to be like, all right, let's have all our people fighting and shooting at each other. Yeah. So what kind of game is it going to be? And can they capture that kind of lightning that they have with a battle royale genre? Yeah, see, that's the thing, too. It's it's if it's, it's not Fortnite per se, but it's like it is going to be a part of it. And again, there are characters. You can definitely have Star Wars characters running around in Fortnite shooting guns. You can definitely have... Yeah, Marvel don't they already do? Yeah, you can have Marvel characters and Avatar, but you're not going to see a Disney princess with an AK-47 blasting people. So yeah. it's got to be something that's that's different in a way that makes sense. But at the same time, how does that fit into Fortnite? So yeah, the interesting thing is going to be what they do and how they do it because Disney is putting in... Uh, Disney invested $1.5 billion in Epic to create yeah a persistent universe tied to Fortnite. And then when they mentioned the... Or Andrew was mentioning the Lego... Um, in 2022, they Epic received a two billion dollar investment, um, and again, Fortnite, Lego Fortnite has its own kind of thing. But at the end of the day, when you look at, I looked up what a, uh, at uh, December 2023, Epic Games net worth is estimated to be uh, 32 billion. This is a 3,000 fold increase over the past decade. In 2024, Equity Atlas estimates that Epic Games will be worth 75. Billion. So if you're hearing just how much it already has, what does 1.5 billion really get you from something like this? So I mean, Lego, from what I've heard, is is successful with Fortnite. I am going to be curious of what Disney does with it, but at the same time, it's like this could just be a one more thing you fuck up, and it's just ruining more IP in in, you know, in, in a whole new way. So. It's gonna make Kingdom Hearts with guns. Ooh, so. Awesome. I'm glad we were able to get everything done. We did go a tad long, but I think we tackled everything we needed to tackle. Guys, leave in the comments down below what you feel about Disney's um, you know, deal with Epic, how you feel about all the games and Xbox possibly not being a thing, and then what's your most anticipated game coming out in 2024. So guys, that is the end of episode 186. Join us next time, guys, for episode 187, 187, what? And until then, guys, my name is Craig Perales. This is Andrew Montemayor. Cheers. See ya.